Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, we were joined by David Badil as yeah. a special Christmas Three Lions is released. Do go and check out the video. It's, it's well worth it. Um, Francis Leach is an Australian football journalist who we thought was uh, joining us in the studio en route to Qatar, but uh, we learned he wasn't. And no, he explained he a different why. Tale. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Uh, Mike Ward looked at some non-sporting telly um, because next week there won't be any. Basically, right. yeah. you'll have to search a lot harder <laughs> to find it. And uh, we had a bit of a chat. We so did. here yeah. it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. I'm glad the World Cup's starting Sunday. It means we don't have to listen to any more clips of Piers Morgan interviewing Ronaldo. <laughs> Got to talk about milk it. <laughs> Blimey. <laughs> Well, we won the very last drop out of it. (laughs) We certainly did. And unsurprisingly, he's unlikely to play for Manchester United again. I mean, you know... Who would have thought? You'd have have some neck, wouldn't you, to turn up and say, all right, lads, just turn up on the (laughs) Monday. Just turn up Boxing Day with your kit back. (laughs) All right, everybody, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, why should we be surprised that the... FIFA, run by Gianni Infantino, didn't stand up to the Qataris over the alcohol uh, situation. Beergate. That's a Doha resident, Gianni Infantino. Yeah. It's a surprise, isn't it? That's yeah. true. He, that's right. He, he resides there yeah. these days, doesn't he? He's getting another four years. He's, I mean, everything's changed at FIFA. It's much more he can, democratic he can, now. He can actually be there till 2030, at the trough, till 2031. Yeah, <laughs> at the trough. That's their mission statement, very much so. We'll talk to uh, Matt Launt from The Times about that, amongst others. We'll try and dig a bit deeper into beer gate and the consequences of it and uh, apparently holes are appearing mm. uh, all over doha yes <laughs> our old pal rob harris these days at sky just noticed just a great big hole in the ground i hope leonor messi doesn't fall down yeah. you're trying to see him will you <laughs> i mean it looked like a manhole with no cover on it I, I don't know if they just hurriedly sort of laid well, some roads you know. that haven't quite managed it yet but shocking stuff anyway uh, we'll have a chat with matt about that honestly president macron has said sport should not be politicized which is a bit rich given his predecessor sarkozy's role Oh, yeah, that's Thanks right. very much. Michel Platini. <laughs> you want Qatar to win the World Cup, I think you'll find. <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, Spanish players will not be allowed to eat jamon, their favourite. Jamon? You know. Jamon. It's banned in Qatar. Oh, is it really? A marvellously tolerant open society. Oh, yeah, well, it would be, no, it would be wouldn't it? Yeah, well, that's for religious so. reasons. Yeah, but that's you them. They can, but if, they can eat it, can't they? Well, I, why not? I, I don't know. Personally, I don't know. I'd say let them eat it, but there you go. Let them eat ham on. Who do you mm. think you are? A kind of Mar- Marie Antoinette figure. <laughs> Hassan Al Tawadi says it's, uh, Qatar will have a great World Cup. Yeah, basically, he's in charge of it. It's not exactly unbiased, <laughs> is he? <laughs> Tremendous. I'm sure it'll be fine once it gets underway. Yes. Um, so that's all uh, coming up a little bit later on. Um, you may have seen the other day that there's no golf being played by the Wales boys. 
And I'm mm. sure Gareth uh, Gareth Bale was absolutely gutted. Well, Rob Page made the point, you know, they've got to be resting up. There's a lot of games in a short space of time. And he doesn't want to well. playing 18 yeah. holes in the heat. So um, they've got a golf simulator in. Yeah. <laughs> they've got a simulator for the boys. That's a good idea. And Mark Harris, a Cardiff striker, said, um, most of us have had a swing after training. Is Gareth the best? Yes, he is. He would be <laughs> a massive yeah. surprise yeah, yeah, that he is the standout golfer amongst the Welsh. Look, it is a good idea, mm. isn't it? Because boredom can be an issue. Interesting piece by Joe Cole in the Telegraph today. We'll touch on this with Stuart Pearce later on, who went to tournaments with under two different managers in Bobby Robson and Terry Venables. He's reflecting on his on his World Cups under Sven and Capello. There's some very, very interesting stuff. I mean, you know, yeah. ultimately, he said, I don't want to make it sound like sour grapes, but ultimately both of them came up short in his eyes at different well, times. Not just in his eyes. They just they did come up short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, certainly that is true. So uh, that's all coming up. Anything else you want to discuss? That's Andy? why I hope it goes back to how Gareth was when he first got the job and not so cautious and much more... Let them play with freedom. I'd rather go out playing with freedom than sort of, you know, fall out of it with some defensive, terrible defensive performance. Yeah. You know? So let's hope that he does, you know. Yes, uh, we shall see. Absolutely. Um, the, and then obviously the big news for you, mm. um, we've not had a chance to talk about, and I'm sure Francis mm. Leach will want to major on this, never mm. mind the World Cup. But your favourite TV show of all time, Neighbours, is to return, isn't it? I'm so excited. <laughs> we don't quite know what form it will be it's returning in. Basically, the, the whole back catalogue will be available on Amazon Freebie, which I think yeah, is only available in Australia. I don't care about the back catalogue, to be really honest. You could sit there, Andy, and go back to episode one, you and the missus, and watch every one. But there are going to be new episodes. It's just how many and yeah, how I mean, it I don't think it'll be once a day. I think you may have to sort of yeah, limit yourself. Yeah, I've got a feeling it might to be a limited yeah, twice series. a week or something. Yeah. But yeah, no, we're very excited. I was pleased for Alan Fletcher, so yeah. that's, that's very good. So Absolutely. Maybe we'll catch up with him during the World Cup as a big Liverpool, big football fan. And, of course, um, we are doing our podcast uh, during we are. the World Cup. Yeah, um, this is our last it. show for a couple of weeks, and then mm. even into the third week, we're games. Not ever, unless you've heard different. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> let us know, obviously. Nobody else has. But I, th- I think the plan is for us to come back, certainly for the full fourth week and mm. part of the third week when there mm. aren't games, because there are so many games, four games a day, yeah. uh, generally, and uh, three o'clock kickoffs, which... Uh, which you know aren't particularly compatible with this slot. So, um, one, one o'clock with all the build-up. I oh, know one o'clock as well. But I mean the mm. latest. Stages. Oh yeah, yeah. So anyway, cut a long story short. Um, we already bring you the H and J Daily podcast, um, and many of you, uh, thanks very much. Subscribe to that. Those that can't listen to the show, for those that can listen to the show and don't subscribe to the podcast, well, this might be a good idea for the next few weeks. H and J Back Home will be uh, bringing you a daily podcast. It should be going up probably. I would imagine about eleven o'clock at night. We'll record it after all the day's games. It's going to be fresh. We'll have guests and our reflections on the day, we'll preview of the following day's matches. So you can either have a listen on your way into work in the morning or have a late night listen to send you off to sleep it's going to be well, like it's going to be like guitars <clears throat> you know what I mean no alcohol zone yeah that's right it will be for us as well <laughs> uh, yeah some of the comments I mean I love there was a fantastic comment about Beergate where was it it was um, an absolute corker if I can find it uh, I did enjoy it yes Qatar have told friends, fans where the FIFA World Cup stadiums are concerned ticket holders will have access to Budweiser within the stadium perimeter at the brand activation areas three hours prior to kickoff when the gates open 
and one hour after the final whistle. I'm thinking of all these fans saying, oh, I can't wait for one hour after the final <laughs> whistle so I can spend £12.50 on a cooking lager. <laughs> like, you know, basically getting know. access to Budweiser <laughs> is the be-all and end-all of your day. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I was reading a piece about uh, Diego Maradona's doctor, the mm. uh, not the, uh, Lionel Messi's doctor. Oh, OK. So. Fair. Sorry, I wasn't expecting that. Well, I mean, they both had doctors. <laughs> really, One's yeah. probably a bit more infamous than the other. <laughs> have you watched the Messi documentary on? The, I haven't the, seen it. It's actually. excellent. I no. watched it the other night. On it's on the, the BBC iPlayer. It's uh, uh, well worth an hour of your time. It's it's fantastic. Mm. Really good. This is Dr. Diego Schwartzstein, who mm. basically was the guy that uh, gave Leo growth hormone. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. They uh, talk about that in the doc. Yeah, yeah. he said. Uh, I said to him, don't worry, you'll be taller than Maradona. I don't know if you're going to be better than him, but you'll be taller than him. Well, if he wins the World Cup, he will be. Well, yeah, that's good. Well, that is, again, is also covered in it. You know, just, uh, I mean, the, the, the pressure, that Copper America win, you could see that the, the kind of pressure being taken off to an extent. But, you know, a World Cup is a World Cup. So. Mm. And a few, a, lot, a few people I've seen tipping them up a little bit more. They've got a very, very good side. They've got goals in them, haven't they? Lataro Martinez and yeah, oh, they're going to miss themselves. So yeah, they're going to miss themselves. Well, very good chance. So I've had a sneaky fiver on Uruguay. A... Oh, okay, that's yeah. interesting. They're forty to one. I've gone each way, fiver each way. I think so. If if it goes their way, you never know. They've got some good players and some yeah. good. So I'm. And I, I was saying yesterday to Rob Catterson from Paddy Power, thirty-five to one. He said um, on Richarlison to be. Golden boot, considering you know he is yeah. the principal goal scorer for a country that everybody thinks is going to win it. I mean, I know they've got goals mm. from other positions such as Neymar, etc. And he hasn't been that prolific for Spurs, but he plays differently. He, he's just he's at the you know he's he's the main striker for How Brazil. Does he fit them all scoring. in Gabriel Jesus as well. That's yeah, well, he, 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 not a bad front three. Well, Jesus is backup effectively. I mean, you know, he doesn't always start mm. the games the way they line up. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Loving that lionesses win. But thoughts of last year's final kick in a Moscow and to win. The blokes seem curse whatever they try. And I think I know why they're just jinxed in July. But it's December. Yes, a new Christmas. Oh, we've uh, just cut David's bit out. <laughs> you should be happy about that. <laughs> I love this. Oh, one we, of my favourite lines. We'll talk about that. We can catch a bit of that. <laughs> yeah, uh, Skinner and Medea are back with a new uh, Three Lions. It's coming home for Christmas, and we're very pleased to say that uh, David Badil joins us now. Hi, Dave. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah good, it sounds. We really enjoyed it. the videos. Video's great. Videos great as well. So, no, uh, the video seems to have made it to some extent because <laughs> I think that uh, the song is. I like the song. It's a Christmas song. It's a football song. But when we did the video, which if you haven't seen it, it's uh, available on YouTube. Um, what it becomes, because uh, we decided to film it in the same set, the same house that we filmed the 1996 in. Anyone who's watched it will see that we are there as our young selves. Mm. Uh, me and Frank and Ian appear like the grandparents of those people <laughs> to come and visit them. The song, I think it becomes a song about football, but also about time and survival and still being friends with the same people after many years. And I think that's making people cry as well as laugh. Yeah. Because that's what I'm hearing uh, on social media. So that's that's nice. 
yeah. hadn't really thought about the kind of ghost of Christmas past aspect of of those visits you yeah, make yeah. to the original ones. That's <laughs> very clever. true. Nice. Yeah. My, uh, we were about to hear, I think, almost my favourite line of the thing that you were saying when they decided on guitar, they should have checked VAR. Well, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's kind of you to use the word sing. I just wondered this time around with it because you know that the auto tune is available these days, but you've, yeah, but you've shunned it. Uh, not for me. Um, and, uh, I think it's actually broken when it comes to me. Uh, and also, we'll see when we first did it. Um, Frank sang his bit, and then I joined in like I do on it. And Frank said, you know what, Dave, when you sing, it becomes three lions. Because <laughs> he said, you are the voice of the people. And I think he was being nice. But what he meant was, is now it sounds like just any old blokes just shouting. <laughs> it struck me with your dear late dad's heritage. You could have been part of the official Welsh song as well. Yeah, well, is there a Welsh song? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, there is. There. Um, oh, yeah, there uh, is well, official. So, uh, yeah, no, it hasn't been offered to me, but I, I can't... <laughs> I'm spreading myself too thin because, for a start, I thought I was coming on to this programme to talk about my documentary, Choose Don't Count, which is <laughs> well, you are as well. on Channel 4. Yes. But there might not be any time for that because <laughs> we have to talk about the Three Lions Christmas single. Well, we know we've got plenty of time. Plenty we'll of time. we'll, we'll we? certainly have a chat at the end. Um, so, yeah, a couple of cameos. Uh, noddy Holder, kind of. Uh, well, yeah. So Jeff we tried to get real mm. Noddy. Yeah. <laughs> which I don't mean the Enid Blyton one with the bell I mean uh, <laughs> I tried to get the slave guy but he's retired apparently wow. uh, and Frank Frank does a very good noddy I think he, he does yeah what is he um, also noddy this time of year doesn't really need to work no, this, no, is, this is no, when it normally pays. He doesn't pays. want to promote other Christmas This is when songs, it normally pays out. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, can be... I tell you a, a frightening thing about um, mm. the other cameo which is of course to Jeff Hurst. Someone has pointed out on Twitter that um, I was uh, the same age as Jeff Hurst in the original 1996 video. Wow, really? Now, I, I think when I was there, I um, whilst looking with great reverence on Jeff, I would have thought of him as an old fellow back then, and now yeah. I am the same age. Yeah. He's he's looking, uh, he's in great nick, oh, he's isn't amazing. he? He looks amazing, yeah. He's totally amazing. He's incredibly fit, mm. totally on it. And, you know, in the context, very sadly, of that team, most of whom are either no longer with us or have dementia, you know, he seems to be the one who got the good genes, yeah. uh, which I mean his DNA, not what he's wearing. So yeah. what odds <laughs> What odds are you to be Christmas number one? Has anybody told you? I don't you? know what the odds are. I haven't checked them. I'm not a betting man. My brother, Ivan mm. Badil, is a betting man. I should go and ask him. Mm. Um, but uh, to some extent, I think that's, that's something about the song, is that, you know, we come from a generation, we all do, you two as well, when the Christmas number one was an amazing thing mm. and it was brilliant songs. It was brilliant songs by Slade and brilliant songs by Wizard or whatever. Greg mm. Lake, I'm a big fan of. Um, and now it's basically either X, well, it was X Factor for a long time, and then those sausage roll people. Um, and <laughs> and no disrespect to the sausage roll people, but it's not Wizard, is it? It's not Roy Wood. No. So what we're, we, we hope that because Three Lions has always had a little bit of an element of you know, communal sing along like Christmas songs do, and it always and it comes back like yeah. Christmas songs do. That maybe this will be an old fashioned Christmas number one in its own way. Good stuff. Well, Pete, you should go yeah. and check out the video, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's cracking. I really enjoyed it. Um, we will talk about Jews Don't Count, uh, the TV documentary uh, next week of of your book. Okay. And now or all this, this is the window. Now. I've just put yeah, the, I've it, just put it, the it, clock on. No, it's, it looks <laughs> different to the book in as much as we've only seen the, the trails, but you've got some key Jewish people sort of basically discussing the whole subject. Well, it's different for the book in, in many ways. Um it's uh you know, the book is which everybody doesn't know. Uh, it's a little polemic that I wrote about how I feel that um, 
Jews and anti-Semitism and Jewish inclusion and representation are very low in the mix of the present conversation about diversity and inclusion and offence and all that stuff. Uh, so, you know, it's a, not about your standard anti-Semitism coming from Nazis and neo-Nazis, but more about a kind of neglect within the world of progressives and sort of right-minded people, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and it was personal stories about that, followed by a sort of breakdown of why I think that happens. So in this one, I'm able to go and speak to, well, some very big stars, David Schwimmer, Miriam Margolis, Stephen Fry, Sarah Silverman, because they all, all read the book and they were all, like, amazingly, David Schwimmer uh, slid into my DMs. <laughs> I, I suddenly was looking at my Instagram messages. Not, I don't look there very often because it's mainly nutters. And suddenly <laughs> I saw a little head. I thought, it's Ross. It's Ross. Our <laughs> wow. And he, was, he read the book and wanted to get in touch. And so that, that's how that happened. But I also, you know, I go and meet um, my niece, who is black and Jewish, to talk about what that experience is like. Uh, I go and meet, uh, I go to my old school, uh, my old primary school, to look at how Jewish school children have to do security drills. And I go and meet Jason Lee, who, as you know, I shamefully uh, impersonated in blackface on Fantasy Football League. Mm. And, you know, I go and try and make reparation with him. And it's a really torturous and difficult conversation. But in the end, it's really constructive, I think. That's good. Really constructive. And uh, you and Ivor are at, uh, in the clip. You're at Chelsea, so I presume you're talking about football and anti-Semitism as well. Talk about the Y word. We're talking yeah, yeah. about the moment in 2008 when uh, the crowd, as they often did back then, and still occasionally do, just start chanting the Y word in a very extreme way. But then one particular bloke started absolutely shouting. I can't say it on your program. You can see it with all the swearing on the on mm. telly but starts chanting incredible anti-Semitic abuse at me and my brother and how uh, that just went unnoticed. So that's that's how Jews don't count, you see. It's not about there being an anti-Semite at a football match. It's about there being stewards instructed in 2008 to shut down any racist chanting who do nothing because they can't hear it. Mm. They can't hear that as racist chanting. Is is it a one-off, David, or is it a, a series of documentaries? No, it's a it's a one-off, but Channel 4 have kind of given us an extra 15 minutes. So it's an hour 15 on Channel 4, so it's kind of like a feature-length documentary. Mm. Uh, and it was it's Louis Theroux's production company who have done mm. it. Uh, and so I think it, it's good, I think. It's a good doc. It was quite a hard thing to do, I'll be honest with you, because the book um, has done well, and I think it's had an impact in terms of shifting the dial in that conversation. I really didn't want to ruin that. Thing, that the book's doing its good work uh, and telly is harder in a way to get complex messages across but it's more emotional it's more dramatic than the book can be uh, and people who have seen it seem to feel it's very powerful so hopefully it'll be all right um i've just somebody's just given us the odds mm. for the number one single at christmas uh, oh, please but, tell me uh your five to one second favorites behind the sausage roll bloke, oh, the sausage <laughs> roll bloke. you know what the sausage roll bloke is parodying this year I'm not sure. I just, it just says "lad, baby." I don't know which song he's doing. It's LBS. Yeah, but what they always do: sausage is, roll based uh, pun, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 I can't think of any now. But it's normally something like "We built this city on sausage rolls." Yeah, yeah. they had "I love sausage, sausage rolls," didn't they? Um, yeah, I love sausage rolls. Yeah, I mean, how many sausage rolls puns could there be? They I think there's quite a lot because you only have to think of all the songs with the words "rock and roll" in, and you can turn that yeah. into sausage roll. So it'd be doubly be, annoying because they're not kosher. He could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Out again, that's see. <laughs> <laughs> See, we tied it all up. Just to finally, um, people have been enjoying the reboot of fantasy football, yours and uh, and yeah. Frank's baby. I mean, what have you made of it? It's been difficult to sit there and watch. I know over the no, years the two of you no, were, were keen to give it up. No, it hasn't been difficult. Uh, we, you know, to be honest, me and Frank were contacted a few times over the years to do it again. 
the stars never quite aligned for that to happen. We were either doing something else or we didn't want to do it. And they got to a point in time where we thought, no, we don't want to do it again. But we were very, very happy to see uh, still carrying on with Matt and Ellis, who are brilliant. And, you know, from what I've, what I've watched, it's a really good show. I really love the fact that they've kept the basic mm. feel set and everything else of the original show. So good luck to them. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, no, it has been good. It's been very good. So um, what time is it? Nine o'clock on, on Monday? Yeah, nine o'clock on Channel 4. I believe there might be some football. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wales? I think Wales the are playing. The, yeah, yeah, the end of the Welsh game. Hopefully Wales will have won by then. <laughs> and so people can turn over to choose don't count. Yeah. Remember, my dad, who was Jewish, was Welsh. So it'll be the right exactly. thing to do. That's true. <laughs> good, good to talk to you, Dave. Thanks very much. Thanks, David. All the best. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. David Badil there, Frank Skinner there, new Christmas version of uh, Three Lines. Yeah, do go and check the video out on YouTube as well. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We're going to talk about uh, the Australian challenge, and we're delighted to say, mm. man, we haven't actually seen in the flesh, I don't think, since Russia, Russia when we saw him in, was it in Sochi? Sochi, we saw you in Sochi, didn't we? Yeah. In some weird pub where you were broadcasting from. That's right. <laughs> well, yes. Where you're allowed about, to drink beer at right. the World Cup. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's Remember very those true. days? Francis Leach, uh, uh, Australian football journalist and broadcaster. Well, lovely to see you. Hello, Paul. How are you? Now, I was saying earlier on, he's en route to Doha, but you're not. Oh, yeah, and there's a reason for that. Yeah, I've been banned. And wow. quite proudly banned, yes, oh. for uh, speaking out on human rights issues and camp. Oh, but look, part of my 
what, one of the reasons why I am here is because I've been involved in a human rights campaign for the Magnitsky legislation in Australia, which we managed to pass that legislation, a version of the British legislation, which has been passed here for a while, uh, which deals with human rights abusers. And uh, my advocacy in that area uh, and speaking out on labour issues in Qatar, along with the International Trade Union Confederation, because I am a trade unionist, for better or for worse. Uh, yeah, I was politely informed that uh, an application to attend wouldn't be a good idea and I wasn't planning to go anyway on ethical grounds. It doesn't mean I won't watch because mm. I love I love the game and I will dearly miss because like you guys, I've been to, I've worked at numerous World Cups, I think six or seven now, and I, I love it. I really love it. But this time, no, I won't go. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. And I'll stand on my principles and not, not attending, but not begrudging anyone who goes out there and tries to have a good time. And as you both know, being at a World Cup brings the world together. Some of those match days are the best days of your lives. Um, mm. And I hope that for those who maybe this is their first ever World Cup, they have that sort of experience they deserve it as football fans who make the effort to go so i hope they have that but this one wasn't for me and i'm sure there's a lot of people who feel rather similar yeah what's the feeling back in australia do people well, because broadly we, agree well, with we you? should point out that since set blatter said the other week it was a mistake to give it to qatar um, people have talked a lot about the fact that the usa were going for it but so australia i mean the world cup could have been in australia at the moment couldn't it oh uh, yeah I, I think the general consensus of the bid that we made back then was it was fairly haphazard i don't think we put in our best foot forward and we learnt a lot from that. But yeah, they did bid and that remember it was that bidding process was the the rather infamous double bidding or at least two there were two World Cups awarded <clears> and <throat> it led to something of an arbitrage where people were swapping votes across yeah. the two uh, the two voting processes and it got really really messy so uh, I don't think we were going to win that World Cup hosting rights we are hosting the Women's World Cup next mm. year and I'm very excited about <coughs> that but uh, yeah 12 years ago that happened and the, the, the issues that I've been concerned about in particularly around uh, migrant workers in the country and the health and well-being of workers have improved there's no doubt about that there's been some improvements in that area but uh, not enough and I still think that the big question is going to be oversight once the World Cup moves on and migrant workers return to work there whether those uh, reforms will stay in place to make sure people are safe and uh, earning a decent living. Francis how has it improved I mean, is, it, is it work and conditions is there kind of freedom of movement there's been a lot of talk about people losing their passports not being able to go home with their families. Yeah so without getting into the, the, the weeds on it but there are some significant reforms that have been brought about by <laughs> the Trade Union Confederation, International Trade Union Confederation, working directly with the Qatari authorities. The kafala system, which had, does operate across the entire Gulf region, which is a form of indentured labour where workers, uh, they usually pay an exorbitant fee to be recruited to work in Qatar and therefore they're already in bonded labour because they're paying back a significant debt. Mm. Also, uh, then connected to one employer who, at, you know, before these reforms happened, had their passport and could you needed an exit visa to leave the country as well. So you needed the permission of your employer to leave uh, so they were pretty much trapped there and if, often so many stories of people turning up uh, being offered a job uh, a certain contract and having that uh, reduced or ripped up and told you've got to go and do a different work for less pay so the, the power of the individual to actually uh, get a good outcome for themselves is enormously diminished so they, these the kafala system has been rescinded for the time being in Qatar that's a major win for the International Trade Union Confederation there is a minimum wage of sorts which I think at the moment is 180 
20 pounds a month. We were looking at 240 pounds a month, so there's still a gap there in relation to that. Uh, there is no freedom of association. You can't join a trade union, but there are workers' committees, but they don't have the same sort of uh, ability to bargain for a better uh, state for workers. Uh, and there are still major concerns around health and safety on work sites, mm. though the, the, Builder work, the Builders Workers International, the sort of international building and construction union, do have now a relationship with Qatari authorities to actually go and inspect sites and to uh, keep an eye across whether it's safe for workers to work there. So there have been improvements, but the question is what happens, what's the oversight after once the carnival moves on? Yeah, that's, you, that's a good question. What do you question. make of this story that broke this morning about the fact that they've now decided you can't sell beer, <laughs> having agreed with FIFA, having agreed with their big sponsor? It's extraordinary. In the essence, you know, is it just the same pattern? This is the country that promised us a World Cup in the usual calendar cycle of a, of a northern summer with air-conditioned stadiums, and now we've had to rejig uh, the entire football calendar to accommodate a World Cup in November and December because that was never going to occur. So, um, and you and I, all of us know who've been there, that fans, you know, we like a drink at the World Cup. Not everyone has to, but it's mm-hmm. part of the experience. And, and it's going to be a long couple of weeks for some people. Uh, those fan parks don't sound like they're a lot of fun, and... Uh, uh, having a beer at the stadium is all part of the experience and I think a lot of feel, people will feel rightly uh, that they have been duped a little bit here, that they went there with the expectation that they could have a drink and drink responsibly and enjoy the World Cup and now they're being told they can't. So I think uh, it, it'll cause more problems than it solves. Uh, on to the football then and mm. um, a tough group for Australia, isn't it? <laughs> Every group's a tough group for Australia. France, Australia, about. Denmark and Tunisia. <laughs> it's going to be really hard. I don't know if you guys caught our dramatic World Cup qualifying uh, knockout game against Peru. Mm, yes, um, I did, yeah. Could possibly be the best moment of this particular World Cup cycle for Australia with Andrew Redmayne's penalty saver being has passed now oh, into yeah, Australian folklore. Yeah, it's going to be really difficult. I mean, Australia hasn't won a game at the World Cup final since it beat uh, Serbia, I think, was a 2-1 result uh, in Nelspruit in uh, South Africa in 2010. Mm. Haven't got out of the group since 2006 uh, when we still dream of that, that particular team which starred John Aloisi and Harry Kuehl and, and Mark Bresciano. That, that, was, that was our golden generation and came with the head's breadth of beating Italy in the round of 16 uh, only to lose with the final kick of the game. Uh, and we've got a modestly talented squad and if you look at it, uh, players' names will be familiar to some of your listeners who if they're particularly if they like lower uh, league Scottish football. football. Scottish football, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Martin I can't Boyle. say I know too many of those. Aaron Moy, I remember. But. Well, Martin Boyle at Hibbs, he's a you know, mm. fine attacking winger. Um, we got Harry Suto, we got from Stoke City. He'd never been to Australia before he signed or he, he agreed to play for Australia because of his because of his heritage. Uh, he, he comes back into the, the squad after recovering from a knee injury. As it's Bage, he's been a defender for the Socceroos for a while at Dundee United. Uh, and uh, the really interesting one is Guran Kawul, the young yeah. kid from the Central Coast Mariners on the north coast of New South Wales, who's still at the moment a Mariners player but will become a Newcastle United player in the January. Uh, and he's an enormous talent, but whether he gets thrown in the deep end at the World Cup, uh, it's probably likely that Graham Arnold will give him some minutes, hopefully, and he will. But uh, it'll be very tough. I think if they their first game is against France and if they can get uh, a modest result out of that, a draw would be uh, like be celebrated like a, a World Cup victory in itself if they could survive that first game and give them something to play for in the next two. But it's going to be very, very difficult for this yeah. team to get any points, I think, out of the group. How does the time difference work in Australia to Doha? Is it better for people? 
It's not too bad. If my memory serves me right, there's a game at 9pm Australian time. Uh, there's one at 6am and there's one in the middle of the night as well. So mm. Australian football fans, uh, and we are, I mean, Paul, we are well and truly yeah, used, used to, to getting yeah. up in the yeah. middle of the night and uh, putting on our mock yeah, Our own Max Rushton presents <laughs> the Champions League and he's, yeah. he's always getting up at five o'clock yeah, yeah. in the morning to the, do it. Uh, the, the, you mentioned the Women's World Cup. It's going to be very interesting because it's a really good testing ground because the issue yeah. has always That's been the thing. in that part of the world. Uh, the kickoff times and how you could make a World Cup work, especially when you've got four games a day. So it'll be interesting to see how the Women's World Cup works. And Infantino, yeah. Well, you know, Infantino says he's committed to growing the World Cup around the world and taking it to new places. So I better. think I'm so excited that the Women's World Cup is coming to Australia. I was lucky enough to cover the 2019 uh, tournament in France, and uh, for those who haven't been yet, it's a smaller scale World Cup naturally, but it it's there's something more. Um, I don't know. Authentic's not the right word. It's more tangible. It's it, it feels more like an authentic sporting carnival rather than a big corporate football event. Mm. And the standard of football is, uh, you know, it still varies a little bit. And I think the extended groups in the Women's World Cup might lend itself to a bit of that. But the actual top end, the cream of the crop, is superb. And I still think that the game that we saw in Marseille, I think it was the final between the USA and, and the Netherlands in the Women's World Cup, was some of the best football I've seen in a long time. And that mm. American team, I, was, I felt privileged to watch a team mm. that good at the peak of its power. So uh, I think Australians will really take to it. And it will be a wonderful time. I think some of our sports fans might be a little surprised at just how good it's going to be. Mm. I don't think they quite got their head around what a, what a World Cup football mm. event is like. So I'm excited for my fellow Australians when they when they get to see this tournament. And the Matildas are starting to play some decent football. I know you're very familiar with some of our better players who play for like uh, Sam Kerr at Chelsea and Caitlin Ford and others who play yeah. for Arsenal and, yeah. and, and other clubs in the Women's Super League. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting and it's great for women's football. Mm. Francis, lovely to see you. Lovely. We you really too, appreciate gents. you popping in while you're here, and hopefully we'll catch up with you later in the tournament. And are you excited that Neighbours is back? Wow, oh, Andy's I'm very excited. excited. Andy's Andy. a super fan. Andy, I know you've had such a tough time in Britain over the last 12 months. It's been so traumatic. We thought we had to do something to to raise the spirits of yeah. an ailing nation, so we've given you Neighbours back, my friend. You Thank cheered you him so up much. Much. Jeremy, Jeremy Hunt did the other day, anyway. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Time then to uh, for you to savour maybe the last bit of non-sporting t- Tell you watch for about three and a bit weeks. And Mike Ward, as always, uh, from the star, joins us. Brighton supporting. Good afternoon, Mike. Uh, Mike, uh, who are you going to be going to get behind Ecuador? Ecuador, I mean, certainly yeah, for the opening that, game. Yeah, it's yeah, that thing where you end up sort of thinking, well, that's that's, that's effectively our team. Uh, yeah. I say that when I watch Chelsea, though, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I interestingly, I, think, I understand Chelsea are coming in for our program seller, but <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's been promising. It's going to look embarrassing when we give you Potter back. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get him back on the cheap. It's not worked it's very well, has it, really? Are they going to you're going to start seeing those agent pot, come in agent Potter signs yeah, yeah. at the game soon? Anyway, I'm sure that's it'll, it'll come good. Might get everybody back. It'll be different. Um, so, children in need. Yes. Uh, tonight. Yes, it's three hours. I mean, children. We, we still haven't gone back to the sort of pre-COVID thing where these things went on till two o'clock in the morning and mm. and uh, whatever. So it's still a, a, a relatively uh, compact. Um, because it would program. it would go on to at least sort of mm. one two in the morning. So why have they, why have they I, stopped doing that? Or? Well, I don't know. I think hmm. it's a bit like people don't want to go back to work type of thing. Right. And, you know, it's, it's like we're still um, it's still 2020 as far as we could. Now we're just doing the three hours, guys. That's all we can manage. Sorry, being slightly sceptical there. Um, but yes, it's, uh, it's, it's, the, it's the usual thing. So a uh, bit of uh, so special editions of Blankety Blank, The Repair Show, Graham Norton doing that thing he does with the red chair. Hmm. 
Uh, Jason Manford is amongst the presenters for the first time ever. I hadn't realised he'd never well, done it before. He's always very good. Yeah. I watched, my wife made me watch actually, the Children Need DIY SOS, which watch. is a programme I don't normally like. <laughs> yeah. But it was very good actually. Wow. Persuaded me to contribute a small contribution. Did you? Did you text? Small did donation. Number? They'll bombard you. Yeah. Um, on the other side, it's up Guilted against. me into it. It's up against <laughs> the um, I'm a celebrity first it, eviction. Who, first, you th- who do you think's out first well, night? Well, it's difficult. You see, I, I think, you know, normally when you have somebody, the whole Matt Hancock thing, but they weren't. They haven't even been voting for him to do the trials the last last couple of nights. So maybe he's served his purpose. It wouldn't be surprising if he went in all honesty, because you have to vote who you want to stay in, uh, as opposed to who you want to leave. And I can't. I think they've had enough of him watching him eat stuff. So Mm. the joke's a joke now. They'll he's he's gone. I think so, and it needs to move on from that because it is getting a bit kind of tedious. uh, in that respect. Yeah, I haven't watched any of it since the first one. I'm glad. What one? Tony Blackburn one. You meant? Yeah, Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Chris Hemsworth. He's in yes. a big Disney mm. show, Limitless. What's all this about? This is this is one of those things where a guy submits himself to sort of. Well, it's a bit like I'm a celebrity, really, but but in a more sort of um, slightly more earnest sense. So he's he's exploring ways in which you can live a longer more healthy healthier life so you can mm. stay healthier for longer etc etc so he does all the thing he does that thing where you ex- subject yourself to extreme cold which became an entire series not so long ago on bbc mm. on bbc one but also sort of you know dangling over 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 canyons on a rope and and doing sort of ridiculously <laughs> stupid things that nobody in their right mind would do and at the end of the final episode he goes to, he spends three days in a in an old people's re- retirement mm. village <laughs> Dressed in uh, what? what? I don't know. It just it just, it just struck me it was like Chris Hemsworth, like action man Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Partridge, just, isn't it? I'm three days that. in an old person's <laughs> return. Something good. Have you seen Bad Sisters on Apple TV? It's Sharon really Hall. good. That yeah. is good. That's it's worth brilliant. Worth watching. Yes, Sharon Hall. Yes. Oh, okay. You were bored with me talking about Chris Hemsworth. Well, well I, mean, it sounds, I mean, just you, you lost you lost it. us when he went to the old. The ret- what does yeah. he do in the retirement? Well, he wears. He wears. They put him in one of those suits. What say? One of those suits. I don't mean a sort of suit that an old man. I mean a suit that makes you feel three times your age kind yeah. of thing so he has to sort of get by for several days you know physically uncomfortable and do, you know just wear something. one of my suits <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. and his old yeah. suits yeah. he used to sell in uh, his, his shop as long as I get to Blackpool I don't mind no, I just, to, last I, week I, just, I thought if they mentioned Blackpool one more time yeah, yeah. it's honestly it was just it's fantastic I was, yeah we I was, get the idea put my orange shirt on um, isn't yeah. it because the celeb- I saw red I think it was Ali Ross or something the celebrities get extra money if they get to Blackpool. Oh, do they really? Is it, like a, is it like a win bonus if we get to Blackpool? The is Blackpool bonus. Right? So that's why they're all desperate to get to Blackpool. Yeah. No anyway, idea. we're talking about Strictly, of course. They've got we to are Blackpool. About Strictly. Yes, yes, it's the Blackpool. You know, it's a Tony Adams free uh, mm. competition, as we know now, as he. As he uh, um, has he has he injured himself? He did, yeah. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Um, so, apparently, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so he's not in it, and, and it's probably just as well because he wasn't going to win the dance off anyway. Once he was in that, um, yeah, it's it's you know, Blackpool used to be where they did the final as well. I'd forgotten this in long in the mm. distant past. I, I met the props guy from Strictly, and yeah. I got quite friendly with him. And now, since I've done that, I can't stop looking at the props. I don't even look at the dance. Yeah, I started thinking, has that been a difficult one for him to find? So you see the whole, you see it through the prism of. <laughs> Props. It's not easy to say. The, the, prism, was, the prism of props. Um, and uh, your wife went and watched it recorded, and it's like a five-hour oh, record, oh, yeah. and no one can go to the toilet. You can't I know, that's toilet. true. Honestly, given the, the the sort of demographic of the audience, I mean, blimey, I wouldn't want to be the cleaner. You don't get to go to the toilet because all they give you, they give you, certainly when I went, they give you a tiny little carton of orange juice, you oh, know, the really baby ones. What, what you going to say? They give you a bucket. <laughs> bucket. I was wondering where you were going with that. Yeah. Well, you could, yeah, no, let's not go there. No. 
no. Um, but but yes, and it takes forever, and you have to keep st- my you know my knees aren't what they used to be, so you have to keep standing up to to, to do the very spontaneous um, standing ovation, which they insist you do. I've wow. got a good game that I play during Strictly, which oh, yeah. is the Test Daily game, and basically she does this thing Test Daily that when mm. when they finish the dance, yeah. there's always a lot of applause, and it's quite she wants them to come over, yeah, mm. but she's got it's too so she has to fill in, so she'll make noise. She goes. Like Does that. she really? You can make those noises. Like exactly Eddie Waring. <laughs> it's a bit like Eddie <laughs> yeah. Waring. Now I've pointed it out to you, you'll hear it. It's I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen out for that, Mike. Listen out for test days. Filling. I call it good filling. Yeah. It's an up and under. Oh, let's check it out. And just uh, Sunday, <laughs> I love the shows. That. I love the shows. <laughs> <laughs> I love the shows that they're putting against the football. Yeah. Despicable Me Too. Love yeah. your garden with Alan Titchmarsh. I mean, it's not even trying, is it? Yeah, it isn't <laughs> really. We love your football pitch. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Maybe if it is, if he's, he's with a groundsman, <laughs> yeah. it might work. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, love your garden if you don't want to watch the start of the World Cup. Britain's favourite Christmas advert. Yes. That's a marathon. Is that it like, is. It's yeah. a Channel 5 thing on Sunday night at 6 o'clock if, if you just want to sort of... If you want to get yourself into the mood for Christmas on the, on the, on mm. the 20th of November. Yeah. Um, there you go. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Just a reminder that we are podcast only. The only way you can listen to the show for the first two and a bit weeks mm. of the World Cup is uh, via our podcast, uh, H&J Back Home. It, uh, it'll be available about sort of 11 o'clock every night. You can listen in the morning when you wake up or, yeah. say, for the night hours. Uh, have a listen at about 11 midnight or so when it's all available. But we'll have top guests joining us. Just be our look at the World Cup and uh, preview of the following day's game. So we'll bring that to your podcast only. Do hope uh, you can join us. Uh, well, you've already subscribed, so hopefully you won't unsubscribe for the podcast only. <laughs> but do tell your friends if they're wondering where the show is. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to chatting to you on Sunday after the opening ceremony and the first game of the tournament. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.